0: Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 38, The Art of Speaking used to hate speaking in public. The thought of getting up in school in front of all my classmates and presenting about something made me queasy. I would blush, my voice would shake, my hands would go cold, and I wouldn't be able to corral my thoughts, leaving them flitting here and there and making me sure I was going to sound like an idiot the second I opened my mouth. I'm sure this sounds familiar to many of you. Public speaking is one of those boogeymen in modern life. If you happen to be at a party where you don't know anyone, after you've exhausted talking about the weather or movies or books, I can pretty much guarantee you that if you somehow wound the conversation around to public speaking, you'd find at least one person in the room that hates it as much as you do, if not many, many more. I used to hate public speaking, but not anymore. Oh, don't get me wrong, I still occasionally get that stone in the stomach feeling from time to time before I get up in front of a crowd. But it's less that I'm nervous, and more that there's a part of me that remembers when it used to bother me. So when I found out that we needed to do a 15-minute presentation for Marks during Level 4 class next week, the only consternation I felt was in trying to decide what aspect of everything I've learned in the program so far to present on. So how did I overcome the painful shyness, the absolute certainty I was going to make a fool of myself in front of everyone? Simply practice. In university, as part of my degree, I had to take two classes in rhetoric. Rhetoric is one of those words I feel sorry for. It is defined as the art of effective or persuasive speaking or writing, which is a perfectly sound and reasonable, dare I say even a positive definition, but it has taken on a negative connotation in popular culture. When I say the word rhetoric, Most likely you think of smarmy politicians, salespeople, or lobbyists. The people who will say anything they think will make you do what they want you to do, even if they don't actually mean it. In fact, you can't even look up the word rhetoric in a dictionary without finding the other definition, that is, language that is intended to influence people and that may not be honest or reasonable. I feel sorry for the word rhetoric, but I am not sorry for what learning about it taught me because learning about effective communication and having to put those lessons into practice in a classroom setting over and over and over again got me over my fear of public speaking. Oh, but I can't do that, I hear you saying. Sure you can. You learned to knit, didn't you? Remember when you first started out, how awkward the needles felt in your hands, how sure you were that the stitches were just going to drop off the times that you accidentally increased or decreased and when your tension was all over the place? Or when you learned to spin and you couldn't coordinate the spinning with the drafting and ended up with a crazy, lumpy, bumpy beginner yarn. Or trying to spin a spindle suspended and not seeing when it started to backspin. Or not being able to smoothly make your wheel go in just one direction. In most everything we do, there's always a phase where things don't go well, where it's uncomfortable and makes you tense and crazy. But we have to push past that phase and keep practicing the motions over and over until we get comfortable with the needles and the stitches, comfortable with the drafting and the spinning, comfortable with the preparation and the speaking in front of others. We need to build muscle memory in our hands and our feet and our minds. Consider this. Generally, when you start out speaking in public, you are not in front of a hostile audience. You're presenting to people in the same boat, with the same interests, who are there to support you and do anything in their power to make you feel as comfortable as possible. They are your peers, not your enemies. Also, you generally will be speaking about something you know a little bit about. It's when you don't know a blessed thing about your topic that you risk sliding into that second definition of rhetoric. You will also be going in with a little bit of preparation. You will know what you are presenting about, you will have considered the four or five key points you want to get across, and you will have considered how to get from one point to another. You will also have practiced, giving your presentation to a person you trust, or even just to the refrigerator in your kitchen, and you will have timed yourself to make sure you have the right amount of content. This is just like planning out a big knitting project. Choosing yarn and pattern, swatching, washing the swatch, measuring, and then proceeding with the project. The really important parts, the parts that will make the project smooth and enjoyable and the right size, happen long before you ever cast on. Rhetoric was a subject taught to all students in schools up until the late 1800s. Now it's the providence of those with an interest in debate and communication. I think we've lost a little something by not teaching children how to communicate effectively, and to be comfortable communicating to a group of people. In the same way that we fiber artists wish that everyone knew how to work with yarn— how to make something useful and beautiful out of fiber and understand the important role it has played in the development of our society, the loss of comfort with words and with speaking that I see around me makes me a little sad. I wish everyone could have the same opportunities that I had to learn to not be afraid of words and of my voice. The only thing that I can do is try to help people find their voices whenever I can. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. fiber week i had a great weekend away wasn't very fiber related we uh, we spent most of saturday trying to stay ahead of mike and his friends on their motorcycles either in the parade or during their poker run and uh, managed barely but uh, but it was it was a wonderful beautiful day great weather and i was able to spend time uh, not only, you know, chasing around after Mike on his motorcycle, but also with my family. And that was, it was really lovely just to get away. It literally was the week from hell last week. I won't go into too many details, but suffice it to say that um, there w- there was a, a piece of good news, but it was offset by a couple pieces of not so great news. So it was nice to get away, and I'm really, really, really <laughs> Looking forward to Fiber Week, which is a week from today. In fact, uh, I will be driving down first thing Sunday morning, so we're T-minus six days, which is wonderful, and I just can't wait to be down in Olds and, you know, among my people, I guess is a good way to put it, for For a week and just talk Fiber. You know, I, I sit here and I talk to the microphone about Fiber, but it'll be nice to have you know to some people to talk back with some people that I don't see on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights as well so so i uh, last week i got the level 4 manual from old's college and i read it and guys seriously level 4 looks amazing even the homework looks easy not easy but certainly simpler than level 3 I don't really understand that. But it means that if I can just get through level three, then level four should be fine. So what level four is, just as a preview for what I'm going to be talking about for the next year, level four is luxury fibers, bison, camel, cashmere, and still more silk. It's also um, cellulose fibers, flax, uh, Raimi and more cotton. It's about spinning designer yarns. So fun yarns, like from Susan Anderson's, uh, Susan, Sarah Anderson's book. And, uh, oh, there's other pieces. Oh, the dyeing, acid dyeing. Oh, it looks like so much fun. And we do dye day on Tuesday. So it's going to be early and it's like colors and Anyway, sorry, I'm just going to gush about it for a little while because... And even the homework, even the homework looks like fun, like a lot of fun. And not that level three homework isn't fun, but it's a lot more like really technical than level four looks. So, anyhow, can't wait, just can't wait to get there. Even like the presentation... I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to do, but I think I'm going to do it about ergonomics. I'm going to try and pull that together here this week, maybe throw together a quick PowerPoint presentation. So so we'll see. I'm Because we cover ergonomics in level one, then we don't really talk about them after that. But I think it's really important. And, and because I live with chronic pain, and ergonomics are so important to me, I think it's. I think I can do a pretty decent presentation about it. In fact, I could probably do a half-hour presentation. So I have to pick my few key points and and maybe do the presentation for Mike here this week. And oh, he's on nights. Never mind. Do it to my refrigerator and see where I'm at. So I started packing last weekend. Uh, my dye skeins are all ready, labeled and weighed. Uh, I got all the silk spun and and. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to look uh, once they're all dyed up. And the, the actual, the, the different dye techniques we're going to do look like so much fun. But I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to talk about it later. So yeah. And then when I get back from fiber week, I have till October to work on level three. And I'm going to, like I said, I, I, I'm i going to get it done. I, I'm, I'm feeling a lot more positive and going to fiber week will be really good because I can talk to people we're doing more stuff about cotton you know like that'll be that'll be helpful as well so although I'm going into level four not really knowing how to spin cotton makes me a little nervous but you know maybe I'll just sit down and practice a little bit this week so yeah that's where I'm at for uh for getting ready for fiber week it's going to be a lot of fun The next episode will be the day after I get back from Fiber Week. You'll probably have to forgive me if it's a short episode, but we move the weekend after. So we'll see how much I can put together for you next week. But I'll definitely be putting some sort of episode out that at least tells you how much fun I had at Fiber Week. fiber notes. You might have noticed that I didn't talk about getting any other homework done for level three in the fiber week segment. And there's a reason for that. That's because I'm in tour de sock. And I think that was a little crazy. Remind me never to do a competition when I'm trying to do my homework. We're into stage two of Tour de Sock now, and I actually managed to finish stage one before the points cut off. Uh, it was about 10 days for stage one, and uh, I finished on day nines. So I finished about 18 hours ahead of the cutoff, which felt pretty good. I finished a pair of socks in nine days. They were quite long in the leg, full of cables and an interesting double kind of short row heel. And I finished them. I finished the pair. And so now I've proved to myself that it doesn't take me six months to need a pair of socks. So that was uh, the Y... Uh, yes, the sock... Uh, the pattern's called Y. And very pretty. I used some of my uh, souvenir yarn from London. And they're all sparkly and lovely. And I can't wait to wear them. So that's good. Stage two came out uh, Thursday last... Thursday last? Tuesday last. And I did start right away. I chose to use my Malabrigo sock uh, that I'd balled up for. it. The pattern name is Cam Chu. It's a lace sock, starts at the cuff. And uh, and so I was knitting it, and it was going really slow, which was weird because it's a simpleish lace pattern. I don't understand why it was going so slow. And then I got to just past the heel, and I tried it on, and it was binding over the top of my my ankle. And, oh, that was disappointing. And this is when we were down in Calgary. And uh, I had joked to my mom that maybe I was knitting her a pair of socks. And uh, and when it was binding over the ankle, she said, well, well, why don't I try it on? And she And I said, sure. So she tried it on, and it did not bind over her ankle. And... In terms of the measurements for the pattern repeat, it was actually going to be better for me to knit a pair of socks for her. So I managed to finish the first sock while we were in Calgary. So I finished it yesterday. And on the drive home, which was a little slower than we normally would make it, I managed to get about halfway down the leg. Now, this stage ends on Thursday. I don't think I'm going to make it because I haven't knit at all today. Because I've been trying to catch up from yesterday. All the stuff that I usually do on the weekend, yeah, none of it happened. So so I haven't knit at all today, and I have until Thursday morning at 8, I believe. And I honestly don't think I'm going to get that pair of socks finished. So it's a really good thing that I'm on a pretty slack team, that we're just really in it for the patterns and not for any of the points. And so far, the two patterns have been good, you know. I'm not 100% sure that this, uh, the camchu pattern, I would knit for myself. I think it would take a lot of modification to make it fit my foot and not look ridiculous. So, so yeah, I, but it's, it's a really pretty pattern. And I think I might be able to modify it later when I'm not so brain dead. (laughs) And, uh, and not working on my homework, too to, uh, to do it. So stage three starts on Thursday. I am going to cast on, but next week is fiber week. And I honestly don't think I'm going to be able to get a pair of socks done and do level four. That doesn't mean I'm not going to cast them on and knit on them and see what all happens. But I think after stage three, stage three should end towards the end of fiber week. Um, I think I'm going to kind of give up on the competition part. I've proved to myself with one pair of socks that it does not take me six months to knit a pair. And that was really what I wanted out of the competition. That and the patterns. I'm not in it for the points. So, and after we move, I really have to buckle down hard and work on my level three homework. So I may still bring to the rental just all the sock yarn for the Tour de sock socks and, and just knit those while, uh, while we're in the rental. It'll make good summertime knitting. So, so that is, uh, that's kind of the plan. And that's all I've got for Fiber Notes. Fiberside Chat I have one interview left from last year's Fiber Week, and it's with Lynn Anderson. Now, Lynn is a very extraordinary dyer and a very prolific dyer. It is one of the things that she does to relax herself. She has a fairly high-stress job, which she will talk about in the interview. I thought it was pretty appropriate for this particular episode because in Level 4, we're doing acid dyeing, and and Lynn does pretty well exclusively acid dyeing. She makes amazing colors. I have several uh, pieces of roving downstairs that she has dyed, and and they're always just so saturated and beautiful. So I wanted to talk to her about her dye process and why, you know, why she chooses the color that, colors that she does. And it was a very interesting interview. So I hope you enjoy this Fiberside chat with Lynn Anderson. Hi. Well, I'm here at uh, West Coast Fibers. West Coast Colors. Coast colors. Yeah. Well, you
1: know, here's the gig. When I turned it, when I when I closed my store down. Yep. Um, we're not too sure we want to keep that oh. name, so it's still up in the air. Ah. Yeah. Right now, if you need to get a hold of me, it's just natopia.com. Natopia.com. I believe so. Hold on. Maybe I'll check a check and see <laughs> if it really is. No, apparently it's natopiawool.com. <laughs> <laughs> Netopi- okay,
0: natopiawool.com. Natopiawool.com. So you're changing com. your name. But we you used to be you used to be West Coast...
1: No, we've always been Natopia because oh, that was okay. the name of the store, but the Dye Works was always under West Coast Colors.
0: Ah, yeah. okay. yeah. Well, I have a bunch of your fiber at home, yeah. oh, and I've you, spun some you. of it, and it is amazing. Oh, wonderful. And so are your colors. Thank so, you. I wanted to stop by here and just ask you a little bit about, you know, your dyeing process Mm -hmm. and and where you come up with some of these awesome color combinations. Oh, thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for saying that. That's generous. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband always says when he walks in the house at the end of the day or whenever, he can always look in the dye pots or on the drying racks and see what my mood is before he approaches me. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I dye whatever I feel like. Okay. I, I don't... Uh, it, it is uh, some place I have to actually work on improving myself, but I don't tend to repeat die ways. Therefore, there's really no names. Mm-hmm. I just die what I feel like doing that day and mm-hmm. in the studio there's usually uh, music blasting out of some place and, and, and uh, Yeah, that's that's how it goes. It's not repeated yeah. ever. Uh, I Can sort of look at it and go gee that was a good idea Maybe I should do that one again, and I rarely ever managed to pull it off So I really am truly one of these people that mm-hmm. when you see it grab it. Yeah, yeah
0: well, and I mean, there's that—that's there's nothing necessarily wrong with that because, like, I, mean, I think I'm mean, looking around here, and I think last year, I mean, you—you were, you were, I think you were more into the reds last year. Yeah, yep. yeah. And now there's a lot of purples and there's a mm-hmm. lot of blues, but mm-hmm. they're so deep and saturated and mm-hmm. amazing. I use a lot of dye. I I, yeah. I
1: I I believe that you need a reasonable amount of dye, and I always exhaust my dye bath. I, it's very mm-hmm. often that I have dye left in there. Um, so I, I let it totally absorb and sometimes that means that you have to pull the bath and let it cool down mm-hmm. and as much dye Goes in well not as much, but a great deal of dye goes in as it's cooling just mm-hmm. as much as when it's heating okay. It fixes to it. it too, so, mm-hmm. And this is Wonderful. only your part-time job too. This is my love This yeah. color is is what I really really love doing uh, No, my my regular job the one that's going to keep me well into my old age. I am a nurse Okay. Yes. So that's what I do. And and this is
0: yeah. And this is what you do to relax and let some of that go. That's right. Yep, Awesome.
1: Yep. Yeah, and this is a really, it's its a, a good combination because I've always said that, you know, there's places in this world that you can afford to make mistakes and places you can't. I can't afford to make them at the hospital. I can afford to make them here. That's true. Yeah, no that's problem. That's very true. I'm, I, I play with impunity in this world and that's very relaxing. The worst that's going to happen is I'm going to burn myself. Mm-hmm. Well, that's usually <laughs> my bad if I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the day I didn't wear enough clothing in the dye room, just so you all hear it. Yeah, it was the day I spilled the pot
0: down my front. So, oh, yeah. ouch. Yeah, yes. I was saved because I had an apron on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, they, they in the levels they tell us, you know, you you got to make sure that you're wearing the protective clothing. Yep. You know, like yep. at least an yep. apron.
1: Yeah, an That's apron, so. an apron. Normally I wear normally I wear an apron, an apron, and my jeans. This time I only had a light linen apron on, and uh, and and my jeans. I was <laughs> I had my jeans on, <laughs> listeners. And... Uh, when i pulled everything off mm-hmm. i had just a light scald oh. and that was it so i was very fortunate because yeah. that water was right out of the right off the stove it was mm-hmm. hot mm-hmm. yeah and watch your feet don't die in sandals yeah because man you do those water splashes it hurts <laughs> yeah i bet <laughs>
0: all right so um, you have yarn and fleece that's right and some raw locks as yes. well Yes, that uh, that you have and I'm seeing
1: some kits as well okay so the kits are essentially left over from my store stock so that's the if you see commercially prepared with a commercial label on it mm-hmm. uh, in my booth it will always be left over from the store okay and it's essentially going out at half price but because we're here in an avenue with a lot of vendors it's not very nice to uh, cut their feet out from underneath them so I don't bring a lot of just little bits and yeah push it out
0: stuff to stuff that goes with some of the stuff that you have yeah. So. Yeah. And you uh, I have noticed that a lot of the yarn here is a is a merino silk blend. The ones uh, I was looking at anyway were a merino yeah, silk. Yeah, actually,
1: actually, yes. Yes, a lot there is there is a, a lot of merino silk. I'm actually that's the wool silk, merino silk. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: alpaca merino silk. You're absolutely right. I never thought of it like that, but mm-hmm. I guess I am. So that's the, that's the space you're in right now is yeah. is the the smooth luxury with a little bit of softness.
1: Yeah. I, I'm very tactile. I like I like to feel good. I think people should knit fibers that feel good, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm that's what I'm spinning. Uh, I have superwash there. It's there's no silk in it. It just feels lovely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, you're very very welcome. By the wayside. You all know what I'm going to tell you, right? Yeah. It was all socks all the time for the last two weeks. And, uh, and I even apologized to Nathan in person when I was down in Calgary and said, I'm sorry, I haven't worked on it in a couple of weeks. He's like, you're moving. Yeah, I know. I still feel guilty. But, you know, I honestly, I still think Christmas is in, is, is in the realm of possibility. I really do. And, you know, now that I've given up on Tour de to sock, and uh, I'll need a break from my homework, It'll be, you know, tapestry. So, I am planning to bring the tapestry to Fiber Week. If anybody happens to be there and maybe wants to see it in person, I mean, because you, you can get a feel for it in the photographs, but but seeing it in person, it, it's I I sit there and stare at it from time to time myself. So, if you'd like to stop by and uh, and see it, uh, drop me an email. My by the fiber side email actually goes to my phone, so. I will be able to reply to you and let you know what townhouse I am in. So, yeah, I know. It's a very short, very unfulfilling, by the way, side update. But next time? No, wait a minute. We're moving. Okay, time after that. I'll definitely have something to report. Thank you for joining me for episode 38. By the Fiberside is a biweekly weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 39 on June 29th, 2014. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is by the fiber side